Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by Ryan Donnelly. I definitely did not forget the intro right before I did it. Ryan, how's it going? Patrick, uh, business is booming. The brand has never been stronger. Yeah. Um, the 35-year-olds love us right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are huge in the 35-year-old to 41-year-old <laughs> demographic, mm-hmm. um, which is the exact demographic you want to be in if you're a college football guy. Yeah. Um, People are begging us to make sweatshirts. Um, they want to see us on Twitter Spaces. Uh, they do not. They're looking. They're <laughs> looking to have us host a teachable course about podcasting. Sure. All kinds of stuff is going great right now. They want to hear our speech. Had we won in 2016, they want us to. <laughs> uh, they're they're sending us various you know pieces of their clothing, and they're saying, "Could you sign this and send this back to me?" They're throwing their clothes up on the stage at us. Um, they're asking us if we can maybe know a doctor that can help them get a prescription for ketamine. Mm-hmm. Um, they're asking us all kinds of things, and we do. And so, if you if you need that, <laughs> be sure to send us a DM. Um, yeah, we got we got some coach talk to do today. Here we got Army Navy to talk about, which I'm sure we'll go 45 minutes on, as we both Patrick love. has Army Navy to talk about for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have some Q and A questions that we uh, we solicited here from our. I don't know if lovely listeners is the right word. Our listeners, um, our normal-looking regular listeners, um, <laughs> also generous, maybe. <laughs> but uh, we solicited <laughs> we solicited some questions from our lubricated listeners, <laughs> yeah, uh, our, our moist <laughs> listeners who we love very much. Our slippery little listeners. Yeah, yeah, can't get a hold of them. They're just always, you know, they're <laughs> juking away from us. Very elusive group of listeners we've got here. Um, but before we do that, we are going to do some coach talk. We are going to do. I'm going to do some Army Navy. Ryan is going to um, play Steely Dan on his phone as loud as he can while I do that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, let's start with Coach Talk. Hey, <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I've never heard a Steely Dan song. Just to that's fuck. That's so stupid, I've dude. Just, What's wrong with you? I've just never. I'm going to say never gotten around. I'm going to make it. you a playlist after the episode. <laughs> did, did you see the tweet? You might have sent it to me a couple of days ago. The rivals guy who was just discovering music for the first time. <laughs> Hold on. We gotta pull this tweet up. It was so fucking funny. Uh I think I sent it to you and Bill Landis. That sounds right. Um <laughs> hang on. Oh, <laughs> uh, go oh, this tweet. Uh from Mike Farrell tweeted yeah. at 943. We, we we love Mike. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you love Mike for sure uh you tweeted took a deep dive into music last night at like 1 a.m big mistake but found some amazing music so good big mistake <laughs> this has been a terrible deal <laughs> took a deep dive into music last night. <laughs> what is he talking about <laughs> just as a concept like, wow all kinds is, of notes this stuff is great <laughs> waking his wife up have you heard about this <laughs> we also patrick another brand news um yeah we tweeted about uh on three sport I-, I tweeted about yeah. on three sports writer matt zenitz being a cia asset Dude, this uh, guy came out of nowhere who is this guy i've never heard of this guy i mean good for him for getting these scoops i've never heard of him in my entire life he just showed up just showed up in the last like three months maybe maybe more recent than that um i did call him a cia asset on twitter mm-hmm. and his boss quote tweeted me uh, <laughs> And it's supposed to come onto our podcast next week. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he didn't deny it either, which we appreciate. Uh, So we're that's right. We're up to him. We're we're looking forward to 
an extremely on brand conversation there as well. Um, yeah, it'll be great to meet another member of the intelligence community on our podcast. Yeah, I mean, we that's that's all we've been doing, but it's going to be great to do it again. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone who comes on here is an asset of some sort, so we we uh, that's right. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to continuing that trend. Well, well, people don't know this, but of course you have uh, the NSA, the CIA, you have the FBI, mm-hmm. uh, but you also have the FTF, and people don't mm. people don't acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah, of course. You, it's I mean, it, it, we we aren't kidding when we say that it's the Air Force. It, it is. It's the same sort of group of people. You know, we're all either straight from or headed to McKinsey, and we look forward to that. I think that would be fun. Um, That's right. All right, Coach Talk. I think since the last time we we spoke, there have been some pretty major developments. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong here. We didn't talk about Mario Cristobal to Miami as like a concrete thing, did we? No, it was still in the works and something that we thought would happen. I think we might. Did we talk about Manny Diaz being left twist in the wind? Or I, I don't remember. We did, the last time we, we podcasted. I don't think we did. What's the, what's the uh, name of the show? This one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? It could be anything. Um, yeah, I don't think that we talked about this. Like, I, I don't think that the Manny thing had really come out yet. I think it's funny, personally. I think that everybody losing their minds over Manny Diaz being treated poorly is is, is um, very funny. Is is like just a thing that the columnists are doing. I mean, he's going to get paid like $20 million to do that, so who gives a shit, whatever. Um, but, man, Mario Cristobal from Oregon and then Dan Radakovich from, from Clemson, what a move from Miami. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a great pull. I mean, uh, of course, it's just all because Miami has like five or six Bitcoin billionaires sure. <laughs> like yeah. on the alumni base is why it's happening. Uh, so, I mean, good timing on their part, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's working great. Uh, shout out to shout out to Miami for the pull. I mean, like Miami becoming good again, or at least like trying again for more than one year in a row yeah. uh, would be fun. I think it'd be good for college football. Um, I think a lot of the reason that the reason that like the powers become so concentrated is that like all of the South Florida talent, is just Bama's to pick between. Yeah. And there's not really much distribution of these guys anymore. And it used to be like, you know, Bama get a couple guys, Miami get a couple guys, Florida get a couple guys, Florida state, we get a couple guys. Everyone kind of split them up, right? Georgia will come in there. It's just been too concentrated for too long. Yeah. So I think splitting this up and having some, having Florida and Miami both be competitive uh, would be great. And I mean, Florida State didn't look that bad this year either. And I, I think that it's obviously a pretty distant third at this point with, you know, Napier and, and Cristobal coming in. But uh, have you seen Napier's uh, decommitments, though? It's it's not looking great. In that no, recruiting that, class right that now. first class is going to be a little bit rough, but I still believe in, in Napier and as a He's as a also uh, uh, Bill Green reported today. I think it was Bill Green, maybe someone else that. Uh, Jack Miller is visiting Florida, so mm. bad sign for Uh-oh. Billy Napier. Yeah, that's uh, not what you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the streets of Gainesville, Gainesville have never been more dangerous. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that uh, I, I think this is great. I think this is a great hire. I agree that Miami being good is good for college football. I think that USC being good is good for college football, and it seems like we're headed mm-hmm. towards that. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this. I think that his... He's a guy who wins the press conference and also who wins football games, like proven wins football games. I think that his recruiting at Miami unless they're is, hard, yeah, unless, unless they're, they're hard, yeah, unless it's a yeah. hard game. In, in which case, <laughs> uh, the only the only hard games that he wins are against teams that don't have any um, defensive tackles on their entire roster. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. We're right. looking into why they don't do that, but um, <laughs> I, I think that. 
I think that him recruiting at Miami is going to be nasty. I don't know if he lands like number one classes, but I, I think they're going to be pretty close because he was recruiting really well at Oregon and Miami is not Oregon. Um, and, and of course I, I think that it's less talked about because people know less about this in general and in football, it's not really discussed largely. Um, landing Radakovich from, from Clemson is, I think almost equally impressive a poll. Um, I believe he's a Miami alum, if memory serves, I, I could be wrong on that, but he is, he was a large part of what made Clemson work so well. Um, Crystal Ball talked a lot about sort of university alignment and everybody having the same beliefs about what they're trying to build here. Um, having him in the building, having having Radakovich convinced that they are, you know, investing and ready to do things the right way makes me think, and do things the right way, I mean, cheat like hell. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's but you can't right even way. cheat anymore. How, how do no, you even there's find no a way to cheat anymore? Now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no way to cheat Does Miami, Does Miami have the same swag if they're landing recruits legally? I don't know if it works the same. Like, they yeah. almost have to be cheating to be cool. And I, on, I, I don't... I don't know if Cristobal has swag. I don't know. I don't know if he's got. I don't think. I don't think he's a drip coach. I think that he's just good. Like I think he's just a good football coach. He but, he is like a guy who's kind of clean cut. Yeah. But he does seem like he has swag in the sense that he looks like he would beat the shit out of somebody, which I think cannot be underrated. I think. Uh, that, like I. I don't think Mike Vrabel or Luke Fickle had juice or swag at all. Sure. But they do look like they can beat the shit out of you. I think now Crystal that Ball, works for them, but it does not work for Pat Fitzgerald. So it's, yeah. it, it doesn't hit for everybody. Yeah. Keep I, going. I think Cristobal is like a boardwalk empire villain. I, I, I think like I think he's like a prohibition era bad guy. You know, where it's like, okay, he's he's wearing a suit and it's, you know, it's got pinstripes on it. He doesn't look cool, but you know that he's serious. You know, that that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> we should Photoshop Mario Cristobal into those, like, uh, Peaky Blinders success win yeah, memes about yeah. like, being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Uh, we, should, we should post some of those in the account. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think in general, this is this is really good. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm ready to consider Miami as a... a serious football team again a serious program i think that it was unserious for the last 20 years and uh i am <clears throat> really excited to see what his recruiting classes look like and what his teams look like on the field um i want to see his staff too right like yeah. i want to see what his coaching staff looks like yeah. because uh we haven't pointed this this is i don't know if you have this in the notes i don't think you do mm. but uh billy napier has hired some bag droppers uh yeah. he got Corey raymond I, from lsu i've got another which is one, one of there's another one to mention as well that we will. I'm adding to the list. Oh, um, you're adding one right now. <laughs> yes. uh, there's another assistant hire that I don't think has happened yet, but I'm hearing about, mm. uh, which is that there are rumors of Tosh Lupoi going oh, to Florida. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. Oh, if that happens, if he brings in Tosh, you have not seen anything like this in a long time. Man, poor Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell is not. He does not have the <laughs> cholesterol for this. This is not. <laughs> not going to go. Does great he for still? Is, is Odell Haggins still an assistant at Florida State? Oh, he might be. I mean, he can play ball. He can, that boy can play ball. I'll let's, tell you that. I mean, he he is not. Uh, he is not one to shy away from a recruiting battle. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's take a look. Um, yeah, it looks like it. Twenty eighth season on Florida State's coaching staff. Um, Damn, he's he rocks, dude. He's only fifty four. Well, what? Well, speaking of other, right. I don't know. If I'm just gonna, if I'm gonna drop some rumors in the podcast here, um, I don't know if this already happened by the time it comes out. But I, I was told fairly recently that Elijah Robinson is done to P Penn State. Yeah, uh, it'll be their defensive coordinator, um, and they have the guy uh, Poindexter is going to stay on as co DC mm -hmm. with him. 
Um, that's tough for, and, for Texas A&M one week ahead of the early signing period. That's not what you well, want. Well, they better announce the deal, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before the early signing period. Uh, and I think Terry Smith is leaving their staff to go take the temple job. Okay. That, that makes sense. Uh, that's a, um, that's a, that's a Gators legend, right? That is a gateway Gators legend. Oh, uh, we love him. Um, he rocks dude. Dude. I am. I'm fired up about what this this Florida recruiting battle is going to look like the next couple of years. If if Lupoy is actually coming to Florida and if Cristobal, I mean, I'm gonna assume that his staff is gonna have some some guys on it. He is familiar with guys, and I think that he will continue to be. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, especially because I mean Alabama's not gonna stop going down there. Um, I think LSU is gonna try and reach in there. I think Georgia's gonna keep trying to reach in there. Uh, it's gonna get. It's gonna get nasty down there, and I'm I'm fired up for it. That's right. That's right. That's what we want to see. Um, <laughs> I can't wait, man. I just love uh, I love getting excited about assistant coaching hires. That's how you know, like you're a real freak. Yeah. Uh, is when you get when you get hyped up about like a position coach being hired somewhere. Um, that's the juice. That's that's the stuff that really matters. Oh, man, we have one here. I'll, I'll skip ahead a little bit, and then we're gonna go back and talk about Oregon, but. Uh, we have one here that the the real heads out there they know they know what's going on here. Uh, Brian Kelly has tabbed Frank Wilson for his uh, for his staff here at LSU. He's still putting together a staff. I don't think he's picked a, a coordinator on either side of the ball. If memory serves, he brought in Brian Polian as his his uh, special teams coordinator. But Frank Wilson to LSU in some capacity. Uh, you want to talk about guys who can play the game? Good lord, there there might not be a better recruiter in the country than Frank Wilson. He is, he is, uh, he is among the best in the business. He's really, really good. And I think that this is as critical a hire as, as Kelly will make. We need to get all of these guys who have just been, uh, you know, guys who like were, are just unbelievable assistant recruiters, but, but somehow got like a head coaching job at the FCS or, um, you know, or maybe took an NFL assistant job. We need to stop letting that happen. And these yeah. girls have to pony up to keep these personalities, these insane recruiters, the college level. Yeah. That's what they're meant to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just, it's, uh, it's, it's critical that Frank Wilson stays at LSU and continues to land guys that he has no business landing seemingly out of nowhere. Um, and, uh, and inspire some of the most unhinged message board posts you've ever seen. Um, also just briefly in, in, assistant news it sounds like joe brady might go to miami did you see this at all that sounds great to me yeah uh, I'm in. <laughs> not a, not a recruiter but that just sounds like him with uh with tyler van dyke that sounds great i'm in i agree oh yeah oh yeah all right oregon uh now without a head coach as mario cristobal <laughs> jump ship for miami one day after getting just housed by utah for the second time this season so it seems like there's not really a name bouncing up here a ton i saw that that kalani satake interviewed here and didn't do well um it sounds like justin wilcox is in the hunt i believe he went to oregon and chip kelly today well it was reported that oregon has asked ucla for permission to interview him which first of all uh, that's weird that's yeah a, why is that happening that's a bitch move don't don't ask them that just go and do it <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're asking him for permission just go do it what are they what are they gonna do they, they think they're in the nfl man Good they think God. they're in the nfl asking for me can we interview your head coach no shut up <laughs> <laughs> and what are you gonna do if they say no you're still gonna interview them so yeah. who cares what do, you, what, do they, what do you mean you're trying to tell them that you're gonna interview their coach that's not how we do things here you take their coach and then they learn that you interviewed him 
It's ridiculous what they're doing out there in the Pac-12. It's no wonder that the conference has fallen on hard times. Um, what do you think here? What, what's, what's, what does a Pac-12 know about hard times? <laughs> what is a... <laughs> come on. <laughs> what? Well, you, don't, you don't want me to do the full Dusty Road speech on hard times in the podcast? Uh, no, no, I'll tell you not right now. Maybe in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, we'll do, Maybe we'll do a full Dusty Rhodes episode in the offseason. Um, what do you think about this? Because I'll tell you, I kind of think Chip Kelly going back to Oregon would be very good. I, I think i maybe support that, and I would buy into it. He would be one of the best hires they could make, right? Yeah. I think you'd also have to consider uh, Kalani Sitaki for that job. Um, should be offered for sure. I wonder if Jeff Grimes gets a look. Hmm, maybe. Especially, I mean, it, it would kind of feel like... Uh, you know, I don't know if if the public perception of that would be great because it would look like Aranda said no, so you just went and hired his OC instead. But I do think Jeff Grimes is a really good coach. I don't think you would necessarily be missing by doing that. I just I wonder what they would feel about that where, you know, you see all these P5 programs hiring away from other P5 programs, including the coach from Oregon, and Oregon goes and grabs an offensive coordinator whose offense just scored 21 points in a conference title game. <laughs> It's a tough look, certainly. I don't know who else you hire. I mean, do you look at like Brent Brandon? That's probably not a good enough hire. No. You probably can't like uh, get the fan base excited about getting Brady Hoke. Yeah. Um. No, he's. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, it's not going to be Brady Hoke, <laughs> given what happened to him at Oregon the last time he was there. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. Like, if Oregon does hire Chip Kelly, who does UCLA hire? Mm. <laughs> and if they if they don't hire Chip Kelly. Who the hell does Oregon hire? Like if they can't get Chip Kelly or Kalani Sataki, uh, then what? It would be it would be Wilcox. Wilcox says yes. Um, Ugh, I don't think you offer Wilcox. I don't offer Chris Kleiman before I offer Wilcox, but yeah. I don't know if that's a popular opinion. Do you know who UCLA should hire in that circumstance? Who? It's time to bring him home. Bring him back to his home state. It's Tom Herman. They should hire Tom Herman. Ironically, he'd be better than yes. a lot of other options they have. Yes. I think Tom Herman uh, He's a good is a good coach. I think he's actually a pretty good coach. Yeah, <laughs> like his Texas tenure wasn't that bad. Like he was like eight. He won like nine games him. his last year. He won yeah. he went nine and three, dude. He wasn't. He didn't go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I think he's good. I think he's good to very good. And if he doesn't have to deal with boosters, he'd, he'd probably be very good still. Steve Sarkeesian lost the lost the Kansas at home. Good God. Yeah, I mean Tom Herman managed to he he bisected the two eras where they lose to Kansas. He didn't do it. Man never lost to Kansas. It's, uh, it's I mean he now he lost to Maryland, the Kansas of the Mid Atlantic, well, but <laughs> well, and he did he did do it twice, I believe. But we all make mistakes. <laughs> Pobody's perfect. Um, yeah, I think Herman at UCLA would make sense. I also I'm not sure Kelly's going to do this. I do think like people who are assuming that he is not good anymore haven't watched UCLA this year. They're Good. UCLA is cool. Yeah, dude. they're good. Yeah. Their offense is really good. He has not forgotten how to coach offense. The defense isn't great, but I think he would probably hire a new DC at Oregon. And also, uh, UCLA is fucking broke. They don't spend any fo- any money on football. He's like Oregon spends money on football. I think he would do really well there again. I don't know. Why don't you just go like? Uh, I think like the pro- UCLA is probably gonna be married to like taking a West Coast guy. Yeah. Like, and if they cannot get one of these top guys, and if they, I don't know, like. Why don't you just go off the wall and hire someone out of the region who's just a good coach who's won a lot of games? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a it doesn't seem like a bad idea. Certainly, I mean, I would love to see him stay in the G five, but like Blake Anderson would 
make a lot of sense. I think he's a very good football coach. I think that yeah, like there are there's a decent chunk of guys who just win a lot of games, and it's I mean fucking Jamie Chatwell would be a really good hire. <laughs> isn't it is it unbelievable to you that virginia has gone through like three oh top God. candidates in the last 72 hours which i think we're going to talk about yeah. uh and jamie chadwell's name hasn't popped up once it's right there like, duke is doing the same gonna, thing what the fuck are you you're gonna doing? hire you're gonna hire penn state's co-defensive coordinator who's never called a play in his life God. over jamie chadwell <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna hire the trevor lawrence guy that's your thing is i i think that the guy who called offense for trevor lawrence and still only managed to win one national title i i think we should go get him Stupid. that's right and by the way don't look at his last season <laughs> no don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> don't. and don't don't look at how the other clemson coordinators that left the program have done as head coaches and ignore that too and don't look at his uh recruiting or anything else that he does just sort of don't don't think about any of it just, just hope, don't think too hard just think look at his name he's got he's got a great name he's got an offensive coordinator name he's got a head coaching <laughs> name um yeah i i think that I, I i think this could get even more interesting here if uh if ucla does open if kelly goes back to oregon i mean i'm all in that's awesome like that uh, I I really loved the Chip Kelly era at Oregon. I sort of a you know one of the first programs that I really kind of followed growing up. Um, I think it kicked ass. It was cool. I'd like to see it again. That's <laughs> I don't I don't think that I'm alone in saying that. I think it'd be fun, um, and I I think it might happen. It seems like there's a decent chance for it. Um, unfortunately, something that has already happened. FIU has hired Mike McIntyre. What the fuck is going mm. on down there, man? What is <laughs> happening down there? Um, oh man, I don't know. Don't they have Heinz Ward as an assistant coach? Is that FAU? <laughs> Let me look. I didn't know he was down there. Um, let's see. FAU. He's the wide receivers coach at FAU. That makes they sense. They should hire him as head coach. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, bring him in. Uh, <laughs> Remember when they fired Mario Cristobal? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for going like eight and five. Yeah, uh, really. To bring in Butch Davis, right? Yeah. That was the plan. No, they brought in Ron Turner. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to get Butch Davis, and they couldn't get him that time, so they got Ron Turner, and then they got Butch Davis, and that also didn't work. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I really have on this, other than like it's stupid, he hasn't coached a good defense in several years. He had one good year at Colorado. Um, is that Frank Ponce was right there, like at at the at App State, the App State offensive coordinator. He went to FIU. He coached at FIU. He has said openly that he wanted the job. He coached under Cristobal at FIU. What the fuck are we doing here? It's not like he'd be terribly expensive. He wants to be there. Why? Why is this? He was a high school coach in Miami for years. Why not just hire that guy? It's like Colorado State and Tony Alford or something. Yeah. Like same same thing. Yeah. Um. God. God. Just, I don't know, obvious. man. I would, I would simply hire a good coach if I were them. I don't know. I, I think FIU should be good. That'd be cool if FIU was winning nine games one year as yeah. a bit. It seems like they just don't have the the investment to do it. Um, and so like it's Matt, not hard. Maybe I could, I could do it pretty like, easily. I think just spend the money. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have money. I know you have money. You're hiding it, but I know it's there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the thinking is here. I guess just. He would take the job, and he's cheap. Um, he was gonna. Get I would fu- hire Kodak Black. I should hire Kodak Black as Ooh, a head coach. Okay, yeah. I mean, you could just fucking hire Deion Sanders. <laughs> he's right there. He would do the hire same Deion thing. Hire Deion Sanders. Hire Geno Smith's dad. Okay, sure. I don't know what he runs. About. South. I, okay. He uh, he runs South Florida Express, which is where all the good players play. Do you remember in like, would have been like 2014, 20, 
I guess like, yeah, like 2014, when a bunch of, not a bunch, but a decent chunk of Michigan message board fans really wanted to hire the guy that, that ran the, uh, the sound mind, sound body camps in, uh, oh, yeah, in Florida yeah. or in, in Michigan. That was the whole era, dude. People dude. were just hiring seven on seven coaches yes. and they were hiring like, uh, there was that like two year window where you were allowed to hire someone's dad to like become, uh, <laughs> come play for so you. Cool. Michigan did that with, uh, Devin Bush senior, right. Yeah. They brought him in for like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, Devin Bush, the world's shortest linebacker, five foot eight linebacker, uh, Al Washington masterclass. <laughs> I think that was pre Al Washington. Oh my God, that man has never produced a linebacker. Just doesn't do it. I'm not getting into this with you. It's <laughs> not the right time. Pete Warner is a great player. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, I, that was uh, that was such a. He's cool... also not a linebacker coach, but besides sure, point. that was such a cool era. I I loved that. I loved that era of recruiting, like the Mike Weber era, where he he commits to and then signs with Ohio State, and Stan Drayton leaves the next day, and Mike Weber just is quoted as like saying, "What the fuck." Wait a second. What? You can do that? <laughs> oh man. Bring back uh bring back completely insane 7 on 7 coaches in every state. It feels like they've fallen off in every state except for like Florida and Texas. We need them back. We need them back in Michigan. We need them back in Ohio. Where do they go? I want them back. I miss them. Well, there aren't any of them in Ohio. Uh shameful. That's the that's the thing, right? Because like, yeah. they're not allowed to have 7 on 7, shameful. which is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean the the top bad getter in the country are seven on seven coaches, yeah, and like personal football trainers. Some of the top bad getters in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite is is always the the personal quarterback coaches whose main job oh, is just yeah. to just to tweet. That's like their their primary thing that they do. <laughs> they just post like he's a problem about their you know three star quarterback that they're training. I love I love every few years when like a message board guy suggests that one of those guys should be hired as an assistant quarterbacks <laughs> coach at like a at a power five school. Yeah. It's so funny. Like oh no for sure he's definitely really coaching those quarterbacks. Yeah, no doubt about he's it. He's coaching them up. That's for sure. He's not just creating Instagram videos. That's his whole job. <laughs> that he makes Instagram videos. He's making them throw at trash cans for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's taking them to the beach, teach them how to run in the sand really hard. Uh, <laughs> That's why the California quarterbacks are so good. They've run in the sand. That's right. Yeah. He's always talking about uh, hip rotation, and he has guys throwing like you know. 15 degrees to the left of the receivers at all times. <laughs> five foot five quarterback <laughs> coach. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like a bowler he's, cap on. Looks ridiculous. <laughs> he's waving a he's waving a broom to simulate sacking somehow. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he's, he's got he's he and three of his friends have a bunch of dodgeballs, and the thing that they do to simulate pressure is they just throw them at the quarterback. <laughs> And he's getting paid $14,000 a month per quarterback to do this kind of stuff. Why aren't we doing that? We could do that. <laughs> uh, we don't look, we don't look the part, yeah. frankly. Yeah. I need to get like a, um, what was it called? The hat that schoolboy Q wears. Um, bucket, bucket hat. hat. I need to get a bucket hat and then I think I can do it. <laughs> that is so funny that you associate the idea of bucket hat with the hat that schoolboy Q wears. That is really good. <laughs> uh, next up here, we, we alluded to it earlier. Um, Virginia, it seems seems has has missed on yet another attempt to hire a coordinator from somewhere. Um, was going for uh, well, I don't. Here's the thing: I don't know if they're all misses or if like they are bringing guys in and just being sloppy in their process, and they're not saying yes. Because I don't know if they offered it to Point Dexter for Virginia. Yeah. Uh, 
because then they flew in. I think Tony Elliott got offered and said no, which is yeah. bizarre in the first place because Virginia is obviously a better job than Duke. But besides the point, yeah. Uh, now they're just leaking every guy they like. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sloppiest coaching pro- coaching search I've ever seen in my entire life. I think that Bronco Mendenhall covered up a lot of issues at Virginia, and whoever takes this job is going to be, unless they are excellent, just shit out of luck. I think they're going to be in a really bad spot. Um, How but- is no one just looking down the coast and telling them to hire Jamie Chadwell? I don't know. I mean, it seems like they should. It's because he has a mullet and, run- and runs a weird offense. Like that's the that's the actual answer. Is that he's different and they don't like that. But um, now that the the guys- they hired a Mormon from BYU last time, they don't, they can't do different. Yes. Correct. They hired a guy named Bronco at Virginia. They, they didn't want a redneck. Grown man, grown man <laughs> named Bronco. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it would be a thing that fits Virginia, especially while you know Virginia Tech is doing sort of the you know mountain man schematic guy. I go get a redneck, and then you could at least recruit another part of the uh, of the state. Um, I I realize this right now. I somehow already forgot who Virginia Tech hired. It's Brent Pry. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm pretty boring yeah so the, <laughs> what, what what virginia needs to do is it needs to get a uh, a candidate who can engage the voters in the suburbs i think that that's what they really need <laughs> <laughs> um, virginia's gonna hire ralph north on peter new head football coach <laughs> <laughs> oh man um anyway the new guy who's being rumored here is josh gaddis of michigan who just won the the broils award um, I think Josh Gaddis is a good coach, and I don't wish this on him. I think he should wait for a for a job that isn't seemingly terrible, which is kind of what I'm gathering from the Virginia search is that the job is terrible. He might be like the third best assistant on his own staff. Yeah, yeah. I still think he should get a. <laughs> I still. I, I think it's a good staff. I think, I think that it's got good coaches. Yeah, he should be the coach at like Toledo when they fired Jason Candle. I don't know about mm. Virginia. Yeah, yeah, maybe not Virginia. Um, out to the West Coast, speaking of bringing coaches back, as we were with Chip Kelly, Fresno State has hired Jeff Tedford again. Apparently, Let's go! Um, apparently, he's healthy now. I, he wasn't a couple years ago, and now he is. Um, Jeff Tedford rocks. He's a really good coach, especially at Fresno State. I think he's going to continue to do really well there. Um, he immediately got Jake Hayner back, which I think is a, That's a, right. a power play. Um, they're going to still be good. They're, they're going to still be really good. I think that they're going to be among the best in the the Mountain West, along with, you know, like San Diego State and maybe Utah State and Boise State and I think probably Colorado State and a couple others. And uh, and by the way, I think I think uh uh what's his name? Kalen DeBoer is gonna be good at Washington. Yeah. But I do think Jeff Tedford did him a big favor by taking uh uh Jake Hayner. Yeah. Uh in the sense that it's gonna force him to actually play his like nineteen year old five star quarterback. Yes. So he should obviously be starting. Yes, you should you should play him. Is that what is that? Is it Brock? Sam Huar. Sam Huar. Sam Huar. Okay. Brock is the old yeah. one. That's right. Um yeah, I, I absolutely I agree with that. And Hayner at, at Fresno State's a good fit. Um and I think Tedford's a good fit. I'm I'm interested to see what he does at coordinator. Uh also in the Mountain West, Jay Norvell is going just across the conference from Nevada to Colorado State. I think others have sort of explained this in the same way that we will. Uh Nevada doesn't care about or invest in football at all, and Colorado State really, really does, and that's the entire thing here, is that Norvell just doesn't want to have to piece it together anymore. Yeah, sure, whatever. Good for him. Yeah. Um, I don't really have many thoughts about this job. Uh, I don't know why. I don't they... know. Norvell seems fine. I thought he was going to get like a Pac-12 job. Though. Like He probably would have if he waited another three months yeah. or another month. I don't know. Like UCLA or Oregon would probably hire him over 
anyone except Chip Kelly right now. I'm going to guess that he was hoping for that and sort of heard that 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 was not the case. That would be my assumption. Um, And so Mm -hmm. he jumped at the best thing that he could get, which is Colorado State, which I think is a pretty good job in general. Um, You mentioned it earlier. The Tony Alford stuff here is weird. I don't know why they didn't just hire Tony Alford this cycle or last one. It seems like he's very obvious as a fit here. He's a good recruiter. He played at Colorado State. He has covered the job in the past. I don't really know. He's a great recruiter. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say better than good. Especially I think in the I think in that region I think he'd be awesome. I think he'd be a really good Mountain West coach and a really good Mountain West recruiter. I don't know I don't know what the hang up is here unless he just said no, which I would be stunned by. I don't think he did. They saw him uh tweeting at Zach Smith and they were like, "Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Not sure about this character." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Colorado State famously has a lot of issues with with uh, Zach Smith and other people affiliated with Urban Meyer. Um, That's right, and so I'm, I'm right. sure that was played that played a role here. Um, also, we talked about this on the last one a little bit, but it is confirmed now. Brent Venables to Oklahoma. Uh, as we get to as like the eighth coach that we talk about here, this is fine. I don't really have a ton of strong thoughts on this. I think we talked about Venables a little bit last time. It seems like he is hiring a pretty good staff. Um, Jeff Lebby is a is a bad guy, but a good football coach, and and I think he'll continue to have a good offense there. Don't know who their DC will be. Doesn't matter even a little bit. Uh, I th- I think this is going to go well. I think Oklahoma will continue to be like eleven and one, ten and two every year. They're going to have to get the recruiting class back together, but um, I I think that it with what was available is pretty much the best hire that they could have made. Sure, sure. Um... Yeah, it seems fine. I don't really know. I, I, Venables is like, I think Oklahoma is just an institution that kind of keeps rolling. Yeah. I do think they are in real danger, though, moving to the SEC West. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would have rather gotten a better, co- a more experienced coach than Brent Venables. I think you kind of, uh, you're playing a dangerous game going in with a first time head coach who's about to change conferences and lose his primary recruiting territory and play a lot harder teams than he usually plays. And, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a pretty good hire in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But when you consider the context of what Oklahoma is dealing with right now, they're about to deal with rather, man, uh, tricky times. Are you telling me that a, a school kind of on the plains about to jump to a new conference has just hired a first time head coach uh, who was a, a highly <laughs> touted defensive coordinator in the years before? Um, hmm. With some ties to the school, but he had departed for, for, a, for a job elsewhere. Is that what you're telling me? That does appear to be the case, Patrick. It's huh. an interesting parallel. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> Brent Venables isn't from Youngstown, is he? Let's look. Just to, <laughs> just to be sure. Here. I don't think so, but who's uh, who's to say for sure? No, he's from Kansas. Kansas is the Youngstown of America. If you think I'm always about saying it. that. I'm always saying that. Um He's oh, no, never mind. He's from Homestead, Florida. Okay, that's the Youngstown of Florida. I'm ready to say it. <laughs> do you know? Um, do you know where Homestead is? The Jeff is? Levy hire official yet? By the way, I, be- I believe so. Um, okay. If not, he's he, they're going to hire Jeff Levy. I don't. I, I can break the news here. They're going <laughs> to hire Jeff Levy. Uh, do you know where Homestead is? Just just as a, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I know I know Homestead, Pittsburgh. I don't know Homestead, Florida. It's in Miami. So Brent Venables, uh, next head coach at Miami. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Brent Brent Venables calling everybody near him a jit. 
uh, using other various self mm. slang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's one specifically that he needs to be careful of. Uh, Brent Venables, uh, Brent Venables doing the gritty after he gets the interception. <laughs> He's got like the, uh, he's got the 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 like the the dreads where they're all tied up above his head. He's doing that. He's looking really good. Yeah, uh, Brent that. Venables is telling people how he grew up chasing rabbits out of cane fields. Uh. <laughs> he, just, he just says it out of nowhere, just telling everybody about it. Not even asked, just starts talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Florida guys love to do that. They love to just talk oh, about they, they love to they do that. They were chasing rabbits as a kid. That's why they're so fast. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> every recruiting interview that has ever happened with a Florida recruit, they are required to mention that. It's like how um every starting quarterback when they do a post-game press conference has to thank God first. Every Florida recruit right. has to thank rabbits first. I got to chase the uh, rabbits. <laughs> Brent Venables is uh you know, going to be interviewing coaches for these positions and tell them, well, I want you to get us a big Buford. <laughs> Brent like Rick has, Ross. Yeah, Brent Venables has hired Rick Ross as his defensive coordinator. Ironically, he should. Dude, um, Cristobal should have Rick Ross on staff as like the, the McConaughey-style director of vibes. I think that'd be great. His his kid's a D1 recruit. Do you know that? Rick Ross's kid? Oh, well, they can't hire him then. Shit. He's like a he's a 2024 or 2025 offensive lineman oh, who already has like P5 offers. That rocks. Uh, oh yeah, that's awesome. We love that. Famously, the children of famous people do really well in college football. So I'm, this. <laughs> I'm building a team out of Snoop Dogg's kids, Rick Ross's kids. Uh, oh, Diddy's kid, that's obviously. <laughs> Who? Diddy's kid is the famous one. Cause oh, Diddy, oh, right, Diddy, right, Diddy right, try right. to fight the uh, the strength coach at UCLA. Oh man. Yeah, I can imagine that a very if you're a strength coach and you look like someone's willing to fight, like a regular guy is willing to fight you, you're probably not a good strength coach. Yeah. And we know we know a few things about a strength coach who regular people are willing to fight. Um <laughs> I still can't believe people were tweeting that. Oh man, bad idea. I wouldn't put my hands on McBride. <laughs> Well, we're he built is five three, brother. <laughs> he looks like the uh, he looks like the Lucky Charms leprechaun. You get what are you he looks like about? you can't. He take looks this like guy. a Russian nesting doll. That's what he's built like. <laughs> he's got the exact same skin texture as as a as a like a wooden nesting doll. Just uh, he's built like Gollum. Yeah, he's kind of built like Gollum a little bit. <laughs> we love to think about that. Um, all right, last little bit of coach talk here, and then we're going to get into Army-Navy as we're 40 minutes into this episode. Um, Jim Knowles, the, I think, well-regarded off or defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, is jumping to Ohio State. We the, Ryan Day has, for now, beaten the charges of not knowing any guys other than <laughs> Urban Meyer's friends. Um, he has successfully hired one guy who he didn't already know before this season. I, I joke. I think it's a great hire. I think it's really good. I it's think a Jim, great hire. I think Jim Knowles is an awesome defensive coordinator. I'm going to ask Ryan Day the next time we talk to him how involved he's going to be with the defense because if it's anything more than none, um, the hire will get worse. He needs to stay the fuck away from everything Jim Knowles is doing because Jim Knowles is smarter than Ryan Day is, and I think Ryan Day needs to know that. I think he has to start by firing. I think Jim Knowles has to walk into Ryan Day's office and tell him he's firing Parker Fleming even though he doesn't have authority over him. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Knowles needs to test Ryan Day's gangster, uh, Zenny Jardine style, yeah. uh, and ask him, homie, what set you from <laughs> on his first day in the office? 
<laughs> First day, Jim Knowles needs to show up, and he needs to ask every member of the defensive line that isn't one of the freshmen what exactly they do at Ohio State, and then he needs to tell them to go elsewhere. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean... God damn it. Can I just talk about how pissed off I am? This is, this is not an Ohio State podcast, but that's what we do about here. the whole the whole Tyleek Williams situation. It still is the most confusing thing that's happened all season at Ohio State. Dude. Among a lot of other terrible choices, they signed this absolute freak out of Virginia who's like a 330-pound super athletic behemoth, the kind everyone around Ohio State always complains they can't get. Mm-hmm. They make him lose 40 pounds and turn him into a three tech. He plays really well there despite that. Then they bench him for the most important run of the season, bring him back in for a few plays and try to make him play the one tech job instead of the three tech job I was excelling at after making him lose all that weight to not be a one tech. Dude. Who is running this fucking program? Larry Johnson is cooked. <laughs> he's, he's lost his mind. It's, I don't know if that's Larry Johnson or Mick Marotti or both, but somebody. Larry Johnson believes in having skinny defensive linemen, which is just so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, I think Jim Knowles is awesome. I think he's a really, Jim Knowles really is great. Good it's a great hire. I, uh, I love yeah. the Leo position. I love, I love what he does with that. I'm fascinated to see how that works at Ohio State. Um, I think he's going to do really well. I don't know if he'll do like incredibly in year one, but I think that down the road he's going to be very good. Um, all right. Army. I will say this. Well, I will say a lot of a lot of these returning starters are not going to be returning starters by week two. <laughs> I would hope. Uh, yeah, I would hope. Some guys are losing jobs, but it's a it's a great hire. I'm curious to see if he fires anybody else, or brings anybody else in. I assume he will. Yeah, I do as well. Um, all right, Army Navy. I'm just gonna burn through this quickly. Uh, Navy's not very good. Army is very good. I think Army's going to win by quite a bit, at least for this this game's standards. Quite a bit in this game is is you know two or three scores, um, but I like this one. I always like this game. It's always fun to watch for me. I, I think that the details of the option are very pretty, and it's just something that I enjoy about football. I always like watching this one. Um, the pageantry, for what it's worth, I, is is cool. I think that if you can turn off your brain for a little bit and just watch it, it's cool. Uh, and I'm excited for this one. I always like the alternate uniforms. Again, I think Army's going to win and win handily. It's I feel bad for Jeff Munkin, who seemingly is out of the Duke running. He deserves a, a bigger job. There was a, uh, there was a good story in The Athletic this week about how all of the triple option coaches are just sort of, I don't know, frustrated is the right word, but displeased with how stupid everyone is about the option and the entire story was basically them just saying like it works i don't know why people don't think it works it works really really well um and it's gonna work here and i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna watch it i don't know if uh i don't know if you will but i'm i always like the army navy game i'll probably put it on for a little bit um there is some breaking news, by the way, on the podcast, Patrick. It's not okay. Army Navy related. Are are you at a point of satisfaction for me to move on? And yeah, tell sure. You this news? Sure. Okay. Um, college football has banned the fake slide after Kenny Pickett <laughs> doing it one time. Oh my god, dude! We gotta get the Reddit people out of this van, out of the. Uh, that is so stupid. If you, let me let me tell you this right now. If you're mad about the fake slide, you don't have a brain in your skull. You are a dumb guy. Just you're dumb, not smart. Dumb. You're an idiot. Listen. You know what you do when you have the fake slide? You know how you stop that from working? 
actually play to the whistle. No yeah. one's making you go in like head first and launch yourself into Kenny Pickett's dick. You can easily just like, you know, walk near him and tag him down if he's going to slide. And if they were in position of doing that, then give up on the play a second and a half too early. They could have made, they could have easily stopped him or forced him to actually slide. Wake Forest defense sucks. They're a lazy defense that half-assed it all season. And that's why the fake slide worked. It was a great ingenuitive move and it would have been, you know, used maybe one or two times again the rest of college football because most defenses are going to learn from that now and not ever let it happen. And also, it wasn't risking player safety. It wasn't dangerous. It was smart. And it was cool. And also, it's hard to do. You can't just do that. That's a very difficult move to pull off, especially in the, you know, in the middle of a run. Like, that's... A lot of guys aren't going to. It's just one of the swaggiest moves of all time. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And when you pull it off, I think it. I think it should be like it's a. It's a high difficulty, high reward move. You should be rewarded for doing that. If you can pull that off, it should be worth a lot of yards. You know, that's cool. And like, are we going to make the fake spike illegal too? Because you're tricking the defense. You can't do play action because you're trying to mislead the defense, and that's against the the, right. the spirit of the game. That's stupid. It's stupid. It's the spirit of the game. You're trying well, to Well, if you do play defense. action, the running back might get hit like he's a runner and he could get tackled and he get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. If you God do if you do it, a I draw if you do a draw play, the quarterback could get hit. And we don't want that. God. Ugh. Stupid. Stupid. Just a dumb So stupid. Dumb Just way such to reactionary nonsense from all the same people who uh, you know, complain about quarterbacks putting on skirts or whatever. Just, yeah. I hate these fucking idiots. We gotta get Reddit out of the sport, dude. We have to. No more Reddit. Ugh. We have we we do not need it. If you are a Reddit fan, you should stop watching college football. <laughs> it's not That's for right. you. Go go buy a fucking Tesla. Go do the stupid shit you people do. We don't want it. Um, Get them out of here. Okay, freaking Eternals much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. We cannot let the redification <laughs> of of Ohio of uh, of Ohio State certainly, but of college football continue. It's it's sickening. We got to get it out of here. Damn, um, Alabama winning this many championships reminds me of when uh, Thanos did the finger snap. <laughs> Cool. How many more Marvel things do you know? This will be fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I'll tell you. I don't know any. I'm out. You got my two. Uh, hang on. Hang on. It was the uh, uh, the guy from Silicon Valley who. who... Oh, how about this? How about uh, oh, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett? Such a wizard. He's like freaking Doctor Strange. Mm, okay. <laughs> What are the other that characters sucks. they have? They have uh There's the guy, uh he's got the the Iron Man. Is he Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was him and Captain America, the big two, right? Sure. The he's... famous big two, Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah, this is a great podcasting here. Uh we're gonna jump <laughs> into the we're gonna jump into the Q and A. Um first up here, we've we've just talked about this a little bit, but I am curious on on your thoughts. That's from Kevin Feige about Marvel. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Who is this is from Stick from Thick Stoskis, who has had a big week online. Um and really a big month online, and we love that for him. Um he says, Who's the worst defensive coordinator you could convince yourself into being excited about for OSU? Uh obviously not in Ohio State podcast. Next question. Uh, <laughs> I I am curious about your about your answer here for for who you would have been like okay with. Um, it seemed like there weren't a ton of names really really thrown around. But who had you talked yourself into? Uh, you're the Ohio State fan, man. You take it away. Come on, <laughs> I've got to put an end to this bit because people are going to start to believe it. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think I'm the opposite of that, right? I'm not the guy who's like satisfied with bad hire. I'm the guy who loses his mind unless it's a perfect hire. Yeah, <laughs> you know which I, I mean? think it was. I think it was. I think it was a perfect hire. I think that Jim it was the perfect was a, hire. Was a really good hire. There were like three or four guys I would have been okay with, and he was in the list. Uh, yeah. The other name I really would have liked was Doug Belk too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to stay down south. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. I also would have liked or been happy with Joseph Gillespie, who got hired somewhere else. Mm, I saw. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think SMU hired him. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That's a great hire. No, TCU, right? It was TCU. Oh, TCU. That's right. Yes. I was thinking Sonny Dykes. Yes, TCU. Uh, that's a great yeah. hire. Um, those are like a few of the guys I liked. I liked uh, Kurt Maddox, San Diego State. That mm-hmm. looks worse in the daylight after that Utah State mm-hmm. game. Um, <laughs> uh, I like Joe Rossi at Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Minnesota, Minnesota's State. defense was wildly good this year, and I don't think anybody noticed it. Like it was weirdly good. Yeah, I can't believe someone big isn't hiring Joe Rossi. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. His his son Mitch is kind of annoying, so I guess that could be. It. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, my my next door neighbors growing up were the Rossi family. Hmm. Uh, fun fact about me. Okay. Love that for uh, love that for you. Um, all right, that's right. Corollary here from from Ben Warsawick. Um, what is the highest number of retained coaches you could convince yourself into being excited about? And this is again Ohio State. I I did misread the word retained as something else, and I won't say what it was out loud in the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> how many can I how many can I convince myself into being excited about? Uh, <laughs> given how you were talking in november 10 uh i think unless like four at least four coaches are gone uh i would be uh i'd be pretty pissed off okay we got two here that i'm going to group together because they're about the same guy first up from cheesy cheesy three longtime friend of the show is the walt bell hire at indiana as offensive coordinator some advanced level bit like a cool joke and then mike tweet says in a dm um i love your guys's analysis of coordinators and assistant coaches thank you uh so i really want to hear what you think of walt bell to indiana um we'll start with that he's got a couple other questions here as well that we will get to uh, I don't like it. I think it's bad. I think it's a bad. Really hire. bad. <laughs> uh, I, I think that I think that Walt Bell is a kind of bad offensive coordinator who made his name running the exact same offense that everybody else is running, except he is one of. And those he didn't guys. even call the plays, right? Yeah, he wasn't the like play he, caller. He was just there, like especially at, at Florida State, he was not calling those plays. That's not that's not what he was doing there, and so I think that I think that he's one of those guys who kind of got famous for running the offense that everyone else was running, but he is also one of those guys who doesn't know how to run it. So he's just there doing it and can't really adjust or work it around personnel. I think he's a bad coach. I think that you've essentially just hired Nick Sheridan again. And this is maybe one of the most insulting things I'll say about somebody in this podcast, but Walt Bell is like a really poor man's uh, Mike Yersich. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's not, not terribly far from the, I will say Mike Yersich is also a bad coach outright. He is a bad football coach, but this is, well, not... listen, I, I hate to say this, but speaking of getting Reddit guys out of the sport, Indiana became the most Reddit team in college football in the last 12 months. Yeah. And that's why they deserve this. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, 
they had to be broken of their will to make sure they would never become Reddit again. No Reddit allowed. Yeah. They could only be, you can go seven and five, but you can't be Reddit about it. And that's, that's what we love. Um, <laughs> Mike Tweet also asks here. Unfortunately, by the way, I want to point this out to you. Pitt is learning this lesson right now. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell you this because I love Pitt, but uh, it's coming, brother. Yeah. Um, Mike Tweet also asks, what were IU's problems outside of injuries and Michael Penix not coming back? And do you think Bell can fix any of that and start rebuilding momentum for IU to not be a bottom feeder in the Big Ten East? I was sad. Per- I was personally sad Allen didn't fire the offensive line coach, so I'm not optimistic. But I thought that Deland McCullough and Charlton Warren were great hires before this past season. And now here we are. I agree on McCullough and Charlton Warren. Warren, I think they're both good coaches. Um, Warren, yeah. especially, I was I was excited about. Obviously, didn't work out great this year, but I don't think it was the defense's fault. Um, I wouldn't be confident in Bell's ability to fix much of any of this. I think that a lot of the problems were sort of injury related. Not having a second receiver hurt as well. You were you were right coming into the season that they really needed Watt Fillier to make that offense go, and they just didn't mm-hmm. have him. Offensive line took a step back. I think they definitely needed to move on from that coach. I don't know who the offensive line coach is, but he stinks. Greg Stadrawa. Um, it's Greg Stadrawa. Yeah, he's he's doing double time. Um, I think just I don't I don't think Bell is good enough to cover up for those issues. I don't think he's good enough to scheme around them. And I really, really would have strongly advised Indiana to hire somebody who can develop quarterbacks because I really like Donovan McCulley, and I would have liked to see him under a capable quarterbacks coach someone who runs a quarterback friendly offense and maybe somebody who has a decent idea for how to get the quarterback involved in the running game and they didn't get that they got walt bell and i'm just <laughs> it's it's very bleak right now i think that you're you're really gonna there if i am if i am any team in the midwest i need a better o-line i would hire daryl like pasta from northern illinois okay uh, yeah. and just quit fucking around yeah Absolutely. I, I think that uh, I think Indiana should just hire the entirety of Northern Illinois staff next offseason. Including Thomas Samick, yeah. That's correct. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. From Tom to Tom. Um yeah, I, I th- God I, damn it. Tom Allen, dude. Not sh- it sucks. whatever. It sucks. Yeah. I, I uh, I'm not optimistic here, I would I would say. I think McCulley is a good talent. I think that he's somebody who if treated the right way could be very talented but i don't think Wapel is that guy certainly um speaking of big 10 coordinators well, hang on here. mike tweet mike tweet i want to let you know um even though you're not ready for it to be the day that cannot always be night that's right um when is uh, and this one's here from another struggling big, big 10 fan uh ben goren who is a northwestern fan when is the earliest right time to fire a coordinator for a normal school i.e one without national title aspirations. He says two years or three years or anything beyond that. Uh, two years. Two years, I think, is, is fair. For the context, Northwestern has, I'd say, two bad coordinators right now, and Mike Bajakian and um, O'Neal, something O'Neal, Jim O'Neal, the defensive coordinator who famously... Jim O'Neal. Yeah, famously worked for the Browns, <laughs> and if you worked for the Browns, you were a bad coach. Um I think two years is fine. <laughs> All right, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Um, guy who's rooting for the Steelers this year. I don't want to hear it. You, you were in the did same. You hear? You're in the did same. You hear the Vikings did today. What did they do today? The Vikings activate a tough Portland to the active roster. Oh man, the NFL is so. The cool. Steelers are going to win by thirty points, dude. <laughs> yeah, a likely story. I'm sure. I'm sure I won't regret saying that. In the no, podcast totally. No, the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers famously have never done anything weird this year. They've never just blown it when they shouldn't, and then won when they shouldn't. They've not done that at all. Um, 
I think, uh, I think my opinion, by the way, about the coordinator hires is if a coordinator, I'm <laughs> moving off the Steelers, if a coordinator does not show growth uh, or at least recruit really well uh, at a normal school after two years, uh, I think it's reasonable to fire him. I, I agree. I think two years is about right. I also think that this dovetails well into a, a, a larger sort of thing about college football fandom and the way that as Ben says, normal schools treat it and some fans at normal schools treat it and some fans just in general. I mean, there's there, you get this in national title programs too. Um, there's nothing wrong with like being upset about a coordinator who stinks after two years. There's nothing wrong with it after one year. You're not like, you're not dumb. <laughs> you know, football fans largely are not like a lot of the people, especially if you're listening to this show, you're probably not dumb. You probably know generally what's mm. going on when you watch a football game. <laughs> And if you see, like, hey, the defense is consistently doing the wrong shit or isn't doing anything or the offense stinks, um, you're not you're not wrong about that. And I don't think that you are wrong to, like, be pretty aggressive in saying, yeah, this guy sucks. This guy should go. Uh, a lot of coaches aren't good at their jobs. They're just not. It's it's a hard thing to do. But also, I think that even if, a, if you're at a, a school without national title aspirations, it's totally fair to think that your coaching staff sucks. And if after two years they're not doing anything, they should be fired. I, I, don't, think that, I don't think that you should have to temper your expectations for your own program hiring good coaches just because it isn't a program that's going to compete for national titles. Uh, you still deserve right. Remember, your role, your role is the fan. You are not the athletic director. Like You don't have to care about money. Yeah. That's not your job. Yeah. That's somebody else's real. money. You're <laughs> it's not real money. It's fake money. They're making it back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's especially <laughs> Northwestern is building like a new facility every three years. They're they're building a new right. you know, we got another one. This one's literally on top of the lake. It's like it it's not real. And there's no problem with looking at what Northwestern is doing or what a lot of these schools are doing and saying, Yeah, this sucks. They should fire those coaches, you know. Yeah, they um, built the Epstein Maxwell Center on on, on, uh, <laughs> on Lake Michigan. <laughs> um yeah, I, I think I think two years just is totally fair. Uh next up here from John Rothstein, another longtime friend of the show. What went wrong with Quinn Ewers at Ohio State? I I think there's a couple things. Uh, Quinn Ewers, for context, is transferring out of Ohio State, presumably to either Texas or Texas. I think everyone Tech. probably knows the context, right? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would hope. Um, I, I think that it was never really a great fit. Uh, just in terms of, I don't know if Quinn Ewers really wanted to leave Texas all that bad, and Texas being down was sort of the biggest thing in, that that contributed to him going to Ohio State. I also think Ohio State pretty badly mismanaged him as a just as a player and as a talent uh playing jack miller over him at all was ridiculous i don't know if there's i don't know if that keeps him around if you play him in the second round or if the, in the second half against akron but also playing jack miller even a little bit was ridiculous it was very obviously coaching yeah practice. i don't think it's specifically like the jack miller reps it's just the idea that like as a whole ryan day never took quinn ewer's presence on the roster seriously or him right? like, as, like a, as a player at all pretty pretty right frequently just like oh you know he's a baby he's a little baby man it's like he's not <laughs> he's a good player he's <laughs> sure like they they never gave him a chance to compete for like even like scout team reps like he just yeah. wasn't getting chances not even in the games, but in practice. Yeah, to Quinn Ewers was not had... throwing the ball. He like very, very rarely was he throwing right. the football, which is fucking ridiculous. And especially like just some of the game management stuff. Like Jack Miller, 
obviously was never the guy like come on like i I don't know what you're doing there is no scenario once kyle mccord passed jack miller already which he did you know (laughs) the second he got here uh that Jack Miller was ever going to stay around after the season, unless like both guys got hurt and he started and played great. And, and I have once seen, that happened, dude, I, yeah. I've seen people make the argument that like, oh, well, Ohio State couldn't have known that. If Ohio State didn't know that Jack Miller was going to leave, Ohio State's coaches should be fired because they're fucking morons. Yeah, come on, act like an adult. Yeah, like, grow like, up. Play this out seriously in your head, right? And then, <laughs> so you have that, and then again, uh, w- w- with Quinn Ewers, like so you had that whole Akron game where you could have seen Quinn Ewers play. Uh-huh. And it's not just the fact that whether or not he's first of all, Ohio state's playbook is not that complicated. No. It is not that hard to learn. And Quinn Ewers already ran a version of Ryan day's offense in high school. Yeah. Like he could have picked it up. He's also, you know, one of the best quarterback prospects ever. I'm sure yeah. he could have picked up how I to think, run some I basic plays. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, and you would have also uh, for Ohio state's purposes, you would have gotten to see what you had, right? Like, you put when, when you took CJ to have that week off to heal his shoulder, even if it's Akron, you got to see Kyle McCord in a game situation, right? You got to see him, how he responds to certain play calls, how he gets the offense and how he makes decisions and how he reads against a defense. He just, he's not used to seeing that's helpful. Seeing Quinn, Ewers do the same thing. How he responds to competition would be helpful. Yeah. They didn't do any of that. They gave him three handoffs against Michigan state after they burned Kyle McCord's Jersey to play him for the fourth quarter <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like just let Quinn at that point you were burning Kyle and Kyle McCord, by the way, is not the dude either. Kyle McCord, we saw him like at Zachron. He is an average quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. He is not a dude. Yeah, Quinn like, Ewers. I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, Devin Brown's gonna start over Kyle McCord. He just will. <laughs> yes. He's a better quarterback. Or or, or Jaden Davis, whatever guy they bring in next, sure. right? Like yeah. one of those guys is starting. Uh fuck, Sonny Styles would be quarterback of a Kyle McCord. Let's go. Uh <laughs> look, uh that's probably being hyperbolic. Kyle McCord's not a bad quarterback. He's fine. I, I do not think he showed anything in the, in the games. And he played a lot of reps this year. Yeah. Uh, his arm does not have pop to it. Yeah. He's fine. He does not drive the football. Uh, he doesn't make good decisions. He like puts the ball at risk a lot. I'm so not a Kyle McCord guy. So it sounds like he's bad from what I'm <laughs> He doesn't <laughs> do enough. any of the things that good quarterbacks do, but he is there. <laughs> he is a guy who looks like he should be a good quarterback and was good in high school competition. Sure. But regardless, um, I'm probably getting away from the point here. Yeah. Uh, there's also a lot of conflicting reports based on whether you're listening to Ryan Day's camp or Quinn Ewer's camp. Yeah. Um, the people who, so look, obviously like <laughs> the veracity of some reports on the Ohio <laughs> state beat could be questioned <laughs> without getting to things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, we'll start from the beginning where there are a couple guys who are close to Quinn Ewer's who are absolutely adamant that Ryan Day actively recruited Quinn to reclassify and come early yes. because he didn't trust the backups yet to CJ Stroud. Yeah. After seeing Jack Miller and Kyle McCord play, that could be plausible. Now, the way he handled him once he got here is not very plausible. Uh, you know, you also have guys who were adamant that, that Quinn Ewer's family was told over and over again that he wouldn't have a chance to play at all this year and that he was coming in just to learn and get the NAL money. I don't know if that's true. Um, after Quinn Ewers announced he was going to transfer, Ryan Day's camp immediately leaked to friendly media a, a lie that Quinn Ewers had NIL deals that would be uh, expiring if he didn't start games next year. He demanded to start. Yeah. The first half of that is certainly a lie and not true. Uh, the second half, uh, I don't know. Maybe he did demand to start. I think that's like be shocking if he demanded that. 
but over CJ Stroud, but he was never given a chance to have any reps or compete or be taken seriously at all. That's my complaint. Like yeah. you have the number one player in the country and you're treating him like he's a walk-on. That is the complaint. Yeah. And this it's, it's just, I, I think that that is, I think that's all totally fair. I think that especially just the way that Ryan day talked about him and, and it, it was, you know, the same thing as, as the leaking of very, like just an untrue thing about Gwen Ewers and, and, you know, Planting that, that is with, baby shit to planting do. that, that with, with friendly media that you know won't check it at all because they don't do that. Um, that is, and then the, the, of course, getting it checked by the agent who's like, "That's bullshit." <laughs> you know, five minutes right. later, um, I, I think that I think that's ridiculous. I think that the way that they talked about him this year in general is ridiculous. I don't blame him at all for being insulted by it. Um, and I think that it's I think it's a lot of things. I think that it's all of that. I don't think that it was Quinn Ewers, you know, coming into Ohio State with with sinister intentions and being like, oh, I got to get the NIL money and then I'm going to get the hell out of here. You can get NIL money at Texas, brother. I'll tell you that right now. He could have just done that. And I think that he knows that he's not dumb. Um, well, they're allegedly putting together like a five million dollar package for him, too, by yes, the way, right now. <laughs> yes. And so, like, I, I think that it was just Ohio State and Ryan Day specifically, who is a, you know, quote unquote quarterback guru um really <laughs> fucked this up i think he just badly and, mismanaged him and one more thing too just to, to point like and the quinn ewers corner here the evidence here is that like two literally two days after that ryan day uh again leaked to friendly media that he was backing off of eli ricks the transfer candidate uh because they found quote unquote like red car- red flags and character uh-huh. issues stuff like that you know like 24 hours after they scheduled the visit yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ohio, come on. Ohio State. He is didn't getting... have, well, hang on. Just the timeline here. He didn't have character issues when you recruit him out of high school. Yeah. He didn't have character issues when you recruited him in the tra- like when he was about to go to the transfer portal last year and you were going to yeah. take him. He didn't have character issues when you scheduled the visit 24 hours prior to that. <laughs> then all of a sudden he's about to come to campus. He has character yeah. issues. But, he, knows, really but he, weird. he does now that you have two red shirt freshmen coming into your office and saying that they're going to leave if you bring him in. That's that, that's a character issue, of course. Hmm. <laughs> Like, do you really care about this guy being a quote-unquote like bad teammate like in the locker rooms that Ohio he's State not, has had? He's not, a culture, he's not a culture fit because he's good and he tries. <laughs> you can't have that. <laughs> Ohio State. Yeah, they had, a, Ohio, they had a lot of great culture guys who were getting their asses beat by a fucking bum-ass Michigan Alliance going to lose by 40 points to Georgia. I don't know about all that. But in, anyway, I just Ohio State is getting into the business of slandering its players, and I think that that's very funny. Uh, it's a strong approach, certainly. Next up here... Uh, <laughs> also, have you been following the uh, the CJ Stroud has given his like his fourth or fifth interview quote this season where he was like giving excuses about shit? Yes. <laughs> Just this guy yeah. fucking is like he's like finding media on the street to tell them like you know by the way it was like it was actually pretty hard to do that you know. <laughs> So just like cool. tracking down reporters dude i was sorting. To, to i like, was uh, i was sorting yeah, no i actually a, i had the sniffles when i was yeah, playing against i was them, uh, i was but, yeah. i was sorting through a transcript of him talking today and it's so funny how how different his answers are when he's asked about like schematic stuff against anything else like, he just he could talk scheme all day you ask him anything else and it's like talking to a brick wall he's like yeah i don't know sounds fine to me dude, come on somebody, this guy somebody asked fifth dude, go ahead he was he was asked something along the lines of like um were you surprised that quinn ewers uh announced that he was transferring and cj said i don't know 
What do you mean you don't well, know? Well, I don't know. It's I, a I feeling, don't know. How, how do you answer that if you're him? How do you answer that if you're him? You say, yeah, I was surprised, and then you moved on. You move on. But I don't, I don't know is the only wrong answer there. You do know. It's your feeling. What do you mean? I just can't believe the... <laughs> I mean, I think it was kind of a big deal thing about the flu against Michigan. Shut up, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, CJ Stroud's a great quarterback who is becoming unbelievably annoying in, in press conferences. <laughs> He's talking like Ohio State beat writers post. Oh my god. Yeah, well, dude. you know, I would have liked to see it in an indoor venue. I think it would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Oh, well, I like the guy that posted that as like a person, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> annoying. Just annoying stuff. Gotta uh, see Ohio State at indoor venue. It's, brother, they're from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold here. I can tell you, it's cold here. I think it was snowing yesterday. I can look outside. It's. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, in about 11 months, we'll be posting, I can't wait to see him play in Columbus. Dude, I'd love to see the SEC come up north. (laughs) God damn it. Stupid. Anyway, if you can make a bowl game out of any two teams that did not qualify for uh, for one this season, which teams would you pick and where are they playing at? This is from Wyatt Crocher, who is an enemy of the show. Um, That's right. My pick here, I went with the G5 special, and I also played to the audience because Wyatt works at Charlotte. I'm going with Charlotte, South Alabama in the bounce house at UCF. Um, I think both of these teams were good. I think that the the offense of the the mismatch, or rather the matchup of Charlotte's offense offense against South Alabama's defense would be really cool, and I like the bounce house, so that's my that's my pick. It's hard to find interesting five and seven or below teams. They're they're like that for a reason, but I think that this would be fun. Have you seen uh, the Royal Tenenbaums, Patrick? I've not. I need to. Okay. Well, there's a spoiler alert here for you. It's a 20 year old movie. Sure. Uh, so sorry to spoil it. <laughs> uh, there's a scene. <laughs> there's a scene where Luke Wilson's character uh, shaves his hair and shaves his beard and trims it all down, uh, and then tries to kill himself with the razors. Uh, and yeah. I want to watch Indiana Stanford while I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just um. shaving my head in the first quarter, slowly shaving, trimming my beard in the second, <laughs> third, getting it all lined up so it's out of the skin, fourth quarter, cutting my wrists open, yeah. bleeding out. Ryan is uh, going to. Ryan wants to set this one up on the iPad and then get in the bathtub and then hang a uh, hang a toaster by a very thin wire over top of it and just see what happens. <laughs> we call that playing Midwestern roulette. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Putting uh, putting your espresso machine turned on over the bathtub is playing Italian roulette. Ooh, okay, uh, <laughs> all right. Something to think about. Um, if you can make or uh, what FBS or FCS head football? Co- I don't know why you'd pick an FCS. I'll tell you, I don't know any of those. Uh, FCS head co- football coach would perform best in best in a lead role for a Hallmark Christmas movie. This is from another enemy of the show, Chase Brown. Um, my pick here is Marcus Freeman. He would not be cast in one for reasons that he cannot control, but he's a very handsome man. I think he would do well. Uh, I picked Nick Rolovich in yeah. the Vax Between Us, a movie I just made up on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, vac- the premise would be... I, I will tell you, the Vax of Life was also right there, and you missed it. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the premise would be that his, like, his beau, his lover, um, is a frontline worker. She's a doctor or maybe a nurse <laughs> practitioner. And, uh, and he's trying you know, to she... open in her eyes. 
she she <laughs> she had to get vaccinated for work and he refused to and you know the authorities are separating them because he's a, a quote unquote covid exposure and quote unquote danger to people trying to survive in the hospital yeah that would be a part of her life sure that's my pitch anyway anyway um <laughs> is the chance at any point Colum- is there a chance at any point columbus could come calling for luke fickle scaring teams away from trying to hire him let me or, stop you right there yes yes <laughs> yes but also here or is he legit telling them he's staying in cincinnati this is from joe duder uh yes and yes both of those things um i i here's my opinion i think if notre dame was willing to wait for luke fickle so after the playoff he would have accepted notre dame yeah uh, i agree however I, it was not Right. The fact of the matter is, uh, they didn't go that way. And Notre Dame couldn't afford to. We talked about this in the podcast already. You guys have heard this. Yeah. But they couldn't afford to lose an entire, uh, an entire recruiting class, basically. And I think Fickle at this point, like with Marcus Freeman taking Notre Dame for the next couple of years, um, yeah, he's he. The only job he's leaving for is is Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that. He absolutely said no to several jobs last offseason and this offseason, but also there is sort of that thing hanging over him of, uh, yeah, this guy's going to go to Ohio State regardless of any job he would get before that. Um, and let's hope, I, let's hope Ryan Day wins a national title and goes to the Bears. Yeah. Um, I don't think he needs to do the, uh, the former to accomplish the latter, I'll tell you. Uh, next up here, this is just from Parker. Uh, he just says, why is UConn football? I don't really know how to answer this one. Uh, Parker, no need, no need. Yeah, Parker, get get at us here. Let us know what you're what you're getting at here, because I think UConn football is great. I don't I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the issue is here. It seems like everything's. Did you see well. uh, they had a four star defensive end on campus this week? What? Yeah, that's fucked up. Was he there on purpose? Uh huh. I think so. Uh, not sure about. I think that. he's like one of those guys who maybe uh, has some <laughs> Ryan Day voice, uh, red flags, has mm, character issues. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's, that's Jim Mora's approach is that he's just going to he's going to do Michigan State's 2016 class. That's his plan. That'd be cool. Yeah. Would it? Would that be cool? I don't know if that'd be cool. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to uh, wish that on the people of Yukon. <laughs> gets calling him the Northern Kendall Bri- Northern Art Bryles. Mm. Uh, we're hearing it more and you more. You could call him the Northern Kendall Bryles, too. I'll tell you, it's the same affect. <laughs> I <laughs> think you're getting the same things there. Um, all oh, right. boy. We got three here that I actually, I, I really like these from Ben Dieter, uh, who first up says, as a Mac grad, uh, for a sense of scale regarding the rest of college football, just how bad is the Mac? I don't think it's as bad, especially like this year as it has been. I think it was pretty good this year. Um, the, the top end wasn't amazing, but I think that it was a lot deeper than it usually is. I mean, as evidenced by like almost every team in the league making a bowl game. I, I think the Mac is improving. I think that adding Joe Moorhead is a huge deal just in general. Obviously, Akron does not set the pace of the Mac, but that's a big-time get. I think the Mac is fine. I think well, I would it's... argue also, I would argue that Akron actually has some of the best resources in the conference. Ooh, that's a difficult argument to make. Uh, I think based on some of like their facilities, football investment, like campus size, campus enrollment, university, like, uh, you know, quality, uh, location, it's a little bit better than these other jobs. Like I take that over Ball State for Christ's sake. Sure. Yeah. Akron is it's a it's a unique place. I think certainly, and I, I think Joe Moorhead will do the, well there. But I, I think it's probably better than like in depth the CUSA. I think the CUSA at the top was better, and mm. that's a I think that's a fine place to be settling in. It's not it's not a disaster, and it had been for the last couple of years. It's obviously not the Sun Belt 
or the AAC or even the Mountain West, but I do think that it could sort of become the Sun Belt if it gets enough good coaches in a row who are sticking around. I mean, it was the Sun Belt. In the early 2010s, it was the Sun Belt, and it was that right. that everybody was watching and, and enjoying. I think that can absolutely happen again. So I don't think that it, it's I don't think it's that bad. It just hasn't had that like PJ Fleck Western Michigan team in a few years now. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think we could be building to it because NIU has like fucking 86 freshmen, and they were already sure. really good this year. Uh, so I, w- I would keep an eye on that. Um, Next up from Ben, best and worst matchups for New Year's Six. I took this not to be best and worst game, but purely like best and worst in terms of, you know, what it means for the teams that are involved, how these two match up actually in terms of talent. Worst, it has to be, at least for me, Michigan State Pitt. Um, Pitt is going to throw the ball a billion times, and Michigan State can't cover that even a little bit. And I, I just don't think it's going to be especially competitive. Um, best Ole Miss Baylor. I'm really curious about what Dave Aranda is going to draw up for that Lane Kiffin offense, and and for hopefully Matt Corral. I don't know if he's playing, but I think that that could be. I think that could be really fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, yeah. So uh, I have a worst is Notre Dame Oklahoma State, just because I think Oklahoma State is going to absolutely sit on Notre Dame. Uh, Oklahoma State has like no pro players that roster. (laughs) They're all going to play. Notre Dame's offense is just not going to the football because I imagine Kyron Williams will sit out. Yeah. Uh, I'd assume so. He's going pro. So who else is going to score for them? I I can't imagine it's anybody. (laughs) And uh, Kyle Hamilton's obviously out for the year. So even Oklahoma State's limited offense should be able to go over the top. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's just a, an easy game. And then the best Ohio State-Utah, uh, it's going to go one of two ways here, right? Either Ryan Day has fixed the mojo in the Bucks' role by being the more talented team, et cetera, et cetera. Last game for a lot of old players. Or uh, it turns out Ohio State still sucks and has nothing fixed, and Utah absolutely fucking runs over our ass for 400 yards <laughs> or whatever. Uh, in which case... The, the the tides uh, of anger have briefly subsided in Ohio, and boy, if that happens, they get their ass kicked by a second Pac-12 team in the same season. Get ready for the dogs of war to be let loose on the on college football internet to Ryan Day. <laughs> uh, he thought he's gotten some goodwill with the Jim Knowles hire. He is on notice. If they miss on all their top recruits except the D linemen <laughs> down the stretch, he loses to Utah. He doesn't fire Greg Sudrawa. I could turn on him again very hard, very quickly. Yeah, this is not a man that, that you and, want and, to, uh, to trifle with. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, Ryan Day, is a little, they're, they're in the office. They're quaking in their, in their size 7 mm, boots. Their little uh, boots they, yeah. are, they do not want to have B1G underscore Ryan tweeting at them. Dude, I do love to think about, <laughs> about Haskell Garrett playing against the, the Utah <laughs> offensive line. I think it's very funny to imagine. I just, Jesus Christ. It's, it's not... It's not what you want to see if you're Ohio State. Well, no, it's going to be, of course, the way it works, like totally inconsequential games, you know, whenever these guys will finally show up for them because it has no impact at all. Sure, yeah. Um, That's what, like, scaredy cats do, right? Like, the guys who are scared of playing big games, they just kind of show up when it doesn't matter. I'll tell you. Like Michigan State. I don't think it doesn't matter for Utah. I I think that Ohio State should be a little bit frightened about how much this one matters for Utah. I think that Utah Utah cares about this one a, a disturbing amount, even. But I think Ohio State is not scared of Utah at all. I think they were in their own heads about, which is embarrassing about Michigan or about Oregon. And they don't, they all, it might change after two drives yeah. <laughs> with Utah, uh, in which case they get blown out, but they should be able to just throw the ball on them all day. 
I'm, I, I don't know. I'm interested because just as we were talking about favorite of the show, CJ Stroud, I think, is a good indicator for the feeling of the team because he doesn't coach talk like Ryan Day does. He just says a bunch of dumb stuff. Um, huh. And it, it seems and like he's still whining about the loss. Yeah. And it seems like the feeling that CJ Stroud has is that Ohio State, despite losing twice, is the best team in the country <laughs> and did nothing wrong Oof. in either of those games. And so I think that they might have not learned anything. I think that they didn't. Well, take I will say he didn't do shit wrong against Michigan. He no, played great. No, but it, it sounds from the from what he's from what he's said where repeatedly he's been like Ohio State is the only team that can beat Ohio State. I'll tell you right now, Ohio State did not beat Ohio State against Michigan. Michigan did. Uh-huh. I mean, just they I, I watched it. <laughs> they, they they uh No, I mean you're not wrong. Yeah. I don't disagree. I just uh it, the thought of it just makes me want to kill myself. So I just don't really want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one here, also from Ben. Given recent high profile quarterbacks using the transfer portal, should we expect certain positions to transfer more or should we treat all players as flight risks? I'm interested. I uh, I don't know if I have enough data to answer this one definitively. I think that we still need a couple more years to to know. I do think that quarterbacks probably are the highest flight risks just because mm-hmm. of the nature of the position. Um, I, I the think, lowest is like receivers and running backs. I'd say. Yeah, and I do think that you're going to see receivers and running backs obviously transferring, but also they'll be a lot like less impactful usually. Um, you know, I mean, just given again the nature of the position. I haven't seen a ton of like high impact linemen, like defensive linemen, enter the portal. So I, I'm curious why that is, and that could change. And obviously, linebackers are lower value players in college football in general, just with the way that the sport is played, whether that's right or wrong. Um, but I, I think that generally beyond quarterback, they're all about the same level of like this guy could leave, but quarterback is certainly a step above, several steps above. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no disagreements there. I do want to point out that I think uh, the transfer portal is one of the most overrated things among college football fans, especially at big programs now, where like every recruiting miss, they're just like, oh, yeah, we need to go get a portal guy. Yeah. Uh, and it just does not work that way. <laughs> can't do it like that. <laughs> not good. Not a good way to do it. Yeah, there's going to be like one class every three years that works out the way Michigan State's did this year. It's just not going to be common. Yeah, it's a hard thing to do. And like, like I think that you can fill some gaps if you're thoughtful about it but a lot of teams aren't they're just not thoughtful about it they just grab whatever they you know they grab the first guy that they see and they're like yeah this will probably work um and i just i don't think that that's i don't think that that's how it operates um the only guys you should take are like guys who are like in their second year and basically made a mistake of picking the program when you sure. would have taken the year previously or guys who are instant impact starters. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Like, like graduate transfer types, you know, like guys who are like, okay, yeah, this guy has seen sort of, he's done everything that he could do with this school and now he's ready to jump up a level or, you know, like Kenneth Walker types. But I don't know that like, I don't want to, you know, like, like a third or fourth year player who hasn't really played much. I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot out of, out of that usually. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of those. There are, there's a significant, significant amount of those. I say that Jamison Williams is the, one of the best receivers in college football this year, but I, I also think that he's kind of closer to the former than he is to, you know, being in the middle of nowhere. Um, all right. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Ryan is at B1G underscore Ryan shows at field flipping. We are now back to weekly, uh, which we're going to do throughout the off season. And we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. with I believe our first bowl preview, right? 
that's the plan. We might have more. I don't know. We're talking about stuff. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We're going to do a um, – we've we've danced around the idea of the early signing period being awful in the past, and I think we're going to do a full show on that at some point here. So as another bowl preview, playoff preview, a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, the most insane interview you've ever heard on message board stuff, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but until then, we will be uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, apologize for the day late this time. We just had a, a scheduling conflict, but um, no, we don't. We don't apologize. Okay, I I apologize. Ryan does not. Um, you guys are little piggies, and you'll eat the slop, and you'll like it. Yeah, you'll like it. It's fine. Um, all right, Ryan, <laughs> I'll talk to you then. All right, bye, Patrick.